Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Book But Okay, a Sounds Fake But Okay book companion podcast. We're an arrow ace girl. I'm Sarah. That's me. And a bi demisexual girl. That's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with the chapter and now entire book that you just read. On today's episode, Miscellanea. Welcome to the spooky Miscellanea chapter. What are we going to talk about? You know, because you read it. Every- everything everything this chapter had so many names yeah we originally when we first kind of pitched our book we called it bits and bobs which is a very british thing to say (laughs) very british but our publisher is in the uk uh so we were like ah yes they'll understand uh for a while we were calling it bats and boobs (laughs) Mm -hmm. we we knew that we there were just several other things that we wanted to hit on that were not considerable enough to have their own full chapter yeah and so those things got kind of shoved in here and i i don't want anyone to think that those things are like less important because they're in this chapter it's more so that we didn't have as much to say on them and that doesn't mean that there is less to say on them in general it just means that we are not the best people to do that (laughs) yeah well they're they're kind of things that maybe could have been slotted into other chapters, mm-hmm. but didn't fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like housing maybe could have fit in family. Yeah. Kink was originally part of the sex chapter. Yeah. But they're just things that didn't quite fit and we didn't want to make it weird by trying to shove them in. So we just kind of collected them all. Yeah. Kayla, why don't you tell us about why kink is no longer in the sex chapter? Yeah, so when I was originally writing the sex chapter, kink was like in my outline, I started writing it, and I was just having a really hard time fitting it in. Once again, struggling with the transition. <laughs> and I like I I could have I could have figured it out, but what I also realized while like reading the quotes that I wanted to include and starting to write it is that the main point that I'm making in the section is that kink is not always about sex. Yeah. And so it felt kind of like it was diminishing my point by then just slotting it in the sex chapter. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of wanted it to just be its own thing um, and kind of hoped that that would help emphasize the, the point I was making. Yeah. And I think it was good that we ended up moving it because, I you know, I, I don't want people to think that it has to that it has to go in that sex section and i think that if people look at our book and they're like oh so what's in the miscellanea chapter and the first thing they see is kink that that will force them to question their own yeah their own thoughts and beliefs about what kink is and i think that's good yeah absolutely and i think it's a very interesting interesting little section oh i guess kink is not the first thing we say in this chapter yeah do housing first no Kink yeah, was, we can talk kink, about housing kink first. Kink was originally then. first uh, for yeah. a long time, and then we, we shuffled things up. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the housing section first? I'll talk about it now. The thing about housing is that I feel like it was something that we wanted to mention, but as we worked more on the book, we realized it deserved its own section. Am I making that up? No, I think it was on our list since the beginning, since we were proposing the book, mm-hmm. that that was a topic we wanted to cover. But yeah, we, I mean, again, we just like really couldn't find a place for it. Yeah. But I think it's it's important and it's something that's not often talked about. We, we definitely do hit on it, um, as I mentioned, in our, in our friendship chapter when we talk about Reddit user Impressive Jaguar. Honestly, shout out to Impressive Jaguar. I did not <laughs> expect real. 
this random Reddit user to have such uh, a an important role in our book, but here we are. <laughs> I want uh, I want to find them so bad. Yeah, if you Can are the or book? no impressive jaguar, um, I just want to talk in like a not a threatening way, not a <laughs> not a I'm trying to fight way. Yeah, but it was definitely you know talking about housing for for me and Kayla. I identify as a zillennial. We were yeah. not to make ourselves seems like babies to some of you, but we were both born in 97. And that is a very much in-between generation yeah. year to have been born. <laughs> and so this is, you know, we, we, we dip into both millennial issues and Gen Z issues. And I think this is a very millennial issue that is absolutely being transferred to Gen Z as we speak, and not even transferred, just expanded. <laughs> you know, the fact that no one can afford housing. And well, yeah, I mean, housing is a crisis for everyone at oh, yeah. the moment. Right. But we we wanted to talk about specifically how it can be even worse for some exactly. people. And, and how some of the things that we've learned from the housing crisis of how people have kind of solved or attempted to solve these issues can also be applied voluntarily even when we're not in a housing crisis. And so I think housing is just something that's very much on Kayla and I's minds. And it's, I think, especially on my mind because I'm like, you know, eventually, like I live with a roommate now, but it's like, I feel like eventually she or whoever the nameless, faceless stand-in for my roommate is, is, you know, gonna find their person and move in with them. And so, like, that's, it's it's very much a question of, like, okay, what does my future look like in a very basic roof-over-my-head way? Yeah. And that's absolutely something that Aspects think about that I think other people of other identities wouldn't necessarily recognize that, they wouldn't recognize of their own volition that this is something that aspects think about but then once we explain it they're like oh shit you're right (laughs) yeah just as a a personal anecdote that Mm -hmm. it like is a i guess a recent update since we did this but just for my own like interesting housing journey i'm moving in with like three other people soon Mm -hmm. two of those people being another couple Mm -hmm. so it's just very interesting to see the changes i feel like back in the day you would never think of living with another couple like once you become a couple it's like that's who you live with it's just you two yeah so just it's just very interesting to me i have a friend who is a part of a couple and she and her girlfriend own a house with another couple because owning a house in los angeles is so expensive and so they found that the best way to do that was to kind of, they got like a two bedroom and now they have yeah. a house that they share with this this couple that they're friends with, which is very cool, I think. I also want to give a shout out to the Anti-Racism Daily newsletter <laughs> because through that newsletter, I I don't remember when it was, I could certainly look it up, but there was a one of the kind of articles one of the daily articles that came out was about multi-generational living Mm. and how race impacts that and how different racial ethnic cultural backgrounds uh think of it and treat it differently and that was what got me thinking about 
the kind of multi-generational living section of this chapter. And that was what made me look it up more and look into it. And so just, you know, shout out to Anti-Racism Daily. It's a wonderful newsletter and I would recommend it. I love that. And I'm really glad that that fit into this section because I had thought about it for the family chapter and like had it as an idea, but couldn't really make it fit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really glad that we were able to talk about it in this section. Yeah. Okay. Then we go to kink. I mean, to me, really the, the biggest note about the kink section as is the biggest note, I think for most of these chapters at this point is just how helpful the quotes were. Yeah. The quotes, I mean, really made, I did the same thing with this section. I think as Sarah did with the gender chapters, I started with the quotes um, because we got a lot of amazing quotes in our questions about kink. And this is just something I don't know about that much. Like it, it's still, I think, very much a taboo, especially outside of queer spaces. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I knew a lot about. And I think especially, um, and some of our quotes even talk about this, it can be hard being kinky as an asexual person because it's not what people expect because yeah. people think kink is so related to sex and they think that no asexual people have sex ever mm-hmm. well and then if they're like if if you're kinky how are you asexual like right that those things to those two things can't exist at the same time right right which is what the struggle that some of these quotes talk about so i just i really loved that people talked about you know the benefits that they got from kink like why they participated in it like whether they found it to be a inherently sexual practice or not it was super interesting to me to to read about the why. Yeah. Because so many people were so forthcoming with why they participate in kink. And I think that's something that you, we don't often think about. It's kind of like in the in the sex chapter when we were like asking Aloes, why do you have sex? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like because kink is so related to sex in the minds of in the in the in the worldview of society that people are always like oh it's just like if you're kinky and that's the type of sex you have and people don't think about okay well why would you participate in kink whether it's in a sexual context or not you know what what do you get out of it like what what draws you to it and so i think it was really great to hear people's perspectives on that and again people were super forthcoming and helpful and wonderful with that yeah it was it was kind of interesting watching, like noticing my own reactions to the quotes because people mm. were so honest and forthcoming. And in as I was reading quotes and putting this this section together, I almost felt myself like getting embarrassed for people because of how I've been conditioned to mm. think about kink and to think about sex. Yeah. Of thinking like, oh my God, I can't believe people shared this. Like this is so personal. Yeah. Like I don't know if I would ever share something like this. And I kind of had to step back and realize like why I was thinking that and thinking, yeah. you know, kind of like how wrong I was for thinking that. But it was interesting to see myself having that reaction, even putting this chapter together. Because you can just see how strongly we've been conditioned to yeah. think about kink and sex in a certain way. Kink is a major taboo. If sex is yeah. a taboo, then kink is even more of a taboo. Because not only does society conflate it with sex, it is a part of sex. If we're talking about kinky sex specifically, it is a part of sex that not everyone participates in. And so it's it's <laughs> it's just more and more taboo further down the line we get. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully 
if like you had a reaction like that, hopefully maybe this can make you think about it. Hopefully this kind of just normalizes it a bit to just Mm -hmm. see it like as another section in the book. It's, you know, it's nothing special. It's just another section. So I concur. And I hope the the last thing I just wanted to like highlight, I'm just repeating what's already in the book, but Mm -hmm. the the little paragraph that I talk about, like kink checklists or BDSM checklists, I would really recommend checking that out. Like even if you're not a kinky person, I just think it's a really interesting thing to look into just for like physical boundaries in general, especially if you're an A-spec person dating an aloe person. I just wanted to highlight that and like reiterate, like take a look. It's, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate that there's, there's this huge misconception about kink, which is that people don't realize how much of it is about consent and communication and being very clear and distinct and if that is not being done in a kinky context then then kink is not being done in a safe way right and so i think all of that really just boils down to everything that we say with the aspect lens which is about communicating with your partner with yourself with society and breaking down barriers and being explicit with 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 the way you experience the world what your limitations are and i think it's all it it is super 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 connected to the aspect lens in that sense oh yeah i think a kink done like correctly i guess in that way of making sure there's consent and communication i think has huge overlaps with the aspect lens i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of ideologies there that are really similar and it's always just interesting to read about read about uh, kinky aspects because, you know, even for us that seems like a like a counterintuitive combination. So it's 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 very good to open our minds on that. Yes, very true. The last section we have is the media section, which tell me about it. There is so much we could have said in that section. Like this could be a, a book on its own. Right. It could be an entire. And I'm sure book. it is. Yeah, and so. We wanted to mention it, but we didn't make it its own chapter because if we did that, we would have to write an entire book and that's for someone else to do slash that's something other people have already done. (laughs) So, but we did kind of want to just give the context of if if you're an A-spec and you're reading this, you will be so familiar (laughs) with all of this. Yeah. But if you're not, then this might be, it might open your eyes a little bit to just the fact that there are no A-specs in media and when they are represented it's either not well or not super nuanced or just not it's not a lasting representation it's like a one episode thing or you know and so i think at at first glance you might not see how a lack of aspect representation in media has to do with the aspect lens but Ultimately, it's about education, and if we can't educate the world about A-spec identities, then people can't adopt the A-spec lens, and we can't make change that way. And so, as much as it seems like, oh, like, TV, like, that doesn't matter, books, what, like, why why do we need this representation, like, why is this its own little section in a book about, (laughs) you know, changing the world via the A-spec lens? It's all important. And maybe this is also me just being biased as someone who works in entertainment. (laughs) But I think 
you know, like the, the first time I read Loveless by Alice Oseman, I like cried through half the book because it's about an airways girl's experience in college or university, as you would say, like coming to terms with her identity. And it was the first time that I had ever really seen my own experience represented in media and it was the first like I had always understood objectively like of course representation matters but it it wasn't until I had actually felt represented that I was like oh this is so important and spreading these perspectives is so important so that people can you know learn and understand the A-spec lens and so we wanted to include it yeah definitely and I think the the point you make too about because you know we didn't want it to be all negative you know we didn't want to end the book on a very like sad note and obviously like this is a hard subject like not having representation is tough yeah which is why we kind of talk about you know the difficulties in maybe like looking back on media from your past or kind of getting disenfranchised with with certain things i mean i think in the next section in the beyond section where we kind of conclude is where we kind of get a little bit more hopeful and it on that you know, figuring out how to conclude this was a struggle for us. That I left solely to Sarah. Yep, thank you. That's not true. I didn't ask her to write this. One day I just came back to the doc and it was there and I was like, sick. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) There is question about, you know, should we have an entire conclusion chapter? Should it be its own thing? But ultimately we decided to kind of just fold it into the miscellanea chapter because... It didn't feel long enough to warrant being its own chapter to be like, in conclusion, you read this book. Congrats. Congrats. But it was important to me kind of when I thought of what I say in this Beyond section about how we use our A-spec lenses, our, our little glasses. I think this was also the part of the book where we really, after I wrote this, we really solidified that like we wanted to specifically talk about A spec glasses like we really like solidified that metaphor and then we kind of went back and made sure that it was seated throughout (laughs) (laughs) because i was like good planning i I have things to say well we we had talked about the lens throughout it was just more so right yeah the kind of like through rose-colored glasses metaphor did not come until the very end correct (laughs) but i think when i when i thought of that i was it was definitely something that i felt was important to say because you know, if you take it at face value, the A-spec lens does make everything seem bad. Yeah. And, you know, you you see all this hope for what could be, and then you look at what is, and you're like, well, this sucks. <laughs> but, you know, I think the, the A-spec lens also teaches us that there is a way forward. And as much as things feel like they suck now, and maybe they will suck for our entire lives, but maybe they won't suck for the next generation's entire lives. And I think, you know, thinking that way is is important. And, you know, as I kind of conclude here, our first sentence in this whole book, the first thing that I thought of <laughs> was um, the aspect story is a love story. They all are in the end. And we come back to that here because ultimately using your aspect glasses is about showing love and grace to other people and cultures and everything. And as like cheesy as it may sound, it's, I think it is a hopeful thing 
that is as 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 downer as it can be when we look through our our funky little wet glasses there is there is hope for for changing things in the future and i wanted to make sure we emphasize that at the end here yeah absolutely i mean i think yeah a big part of it is just being able to see what could be and i think that's what a lot of our chapters talk about is here are options for you for how things could be how things can be and Obviously, those things take a ton of work and they might not be available to you if you are, you know, not privileged in certain ways. But Mm -hmm. I do think a lot about it, a lot about the A-Spec lens is that hope for the future that hopefully fuels what you're doing now, even if it is disheartening, like Sarah said, to look around at how things are now. Yeah. And we've come a long way. You know, things are a lot better now than they used to be a couple generations ago and so i think we can we can find that heartening as much as sometimes it feels like we're backsliding yeah <laughs> we we know that there is a way forward and we just have to keep you know pushing for it and exposing people to a spec ideas and mindsets and and say here here is a nice little pair of glasses would you like to try them on and um see where we go from there yeah absolutely so like thanks for reading our book yeah, I hope you liked it. I don't know what to say now. Thanks. Thank you. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, I don't know, tell your friends. And not yeah. not, not just in like a, oh, we want to sell more books way, but also like a, we want to spread the A-Spec agenda. <laughs> we want to spread the good word. I I hope it taught you something whether it was us who taught you or more likely one of our survey respondents. <laughs> but I'm I'm very glad that we got this experience to got this opportunity to to write this book and talk about some things that I think haven't necessarily been talked about in as formal as academic a context as we have been able to hear. And we're just very grateful that we were able to do that and we hope more than just our moms read this book. That would, that would be so nice. Yeah, I mean, you can read the acknowledgement section if you want all of the really sappy stuff. But yeah, I mean, doing doing this book and writing this book meant a lot to us. So we really appreciate you reading the whole thing and listening to this all. That's You did a lot of work. Yeah. And we would urge you to go forth and expand what you're reading and what you're listening to and what you're looking at. You know, find... Other A-Spec folks, other A-Spec books, other podcasts, YouTube channels, all things like that. There are so mm-hmm. many diverse perspectives. There are so many other people that are saying so many other things. So yeah, recommend. If, if this is all new to you, our book is just dipping your toe in. Yeah. And there's so much more to learn. But you know what? If you're like, I think, I think I've learned a lot from this book and I don't feel the need to read every other aspect thing. I get that too. I'm I'm glad that you've read our book and that you've, you know, exposed yourself to this. So, yeah. I just want to say a last and final thank you to all of our survey respondents, mm-hmm. even those that were not included. Um, we really appreciate it. And an extra special thank you to those survey respondents who chose to remain anonymous and allowed Sarah to come up with fake names oh for God. them. I, that was oh, truly a dream for her. <laughs> I got to come up with a couple pseudonyms, and it was just like the best thing in my entire life. As Sarah said in the, I think chapter one about loving I like to naming name things. things. 
it's it was truly a dream for Sarah. It was so fun. I was like, how can I make it sort of similar to their real name, but like also not at all? What a fun challenge for her. Oh, it was so much fun. And there were a couple times where Kayla was like, Sarah, what's the pseudonym? And I was like, I'm I've been busy. I don't know yet. She had to think about it. it was, listen, it was very important to her. Um, so yeah, shout out to the people who let me give you a pseudonym. It was so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for reading. Thanks for listening. Share it with all your friends. Have a nice day. Fuse your A-spec glasses to your face. And uh, we hope to see you around the internet again. Hopefully you come back and visit us. Indeed. We're at Sounds Fake Pod everywhere if you're interested. Come, come hang out. Come say hi. Come hang out. All right. Thank you all. We'll catch you in the next book. We do not already have another book deal. I'm just going to clarify that right now. <laughs> but now this is an open, <laughs> open ass. We should end this. This should be over. Uh, okay, bye. Bye.